0: Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson, host of the Rising Above Ministries podcast where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world, and I'm so glad that you are joining us for this week's episode. And before we get started with this week's guest, I want to make sure that if you have not already done so, that you take the time to download the Rising Above app. Our app is full of free resources and encouragement for the special needs family. And one of our most favorite things about the app is our Wednesday wake up, where we share every Wednesday morning, a quick video from either one of the rising above team members or a rising above family or a friend of the ministry. And I recently had a mom share with me that she woke up and she was having just a really really hard day and she pulled out her phone and she pulled up the rising above app and she sat down and she watched all of the Wednesday wake up videos that we now have available. And she said that her mood and her attitude completely shifted and changed After she heard the encouraging words in the videos, it really did make a difference in her day. And so we want to be able to share that with you as well. So if you've not already done so, please be sure to download the app so that you can make sure you don't miss out on our next Wednesday Wake Up as well as all of the other great content that you're going to find there. Also, if you would take a few minutes to leave us a rating and a review for the podcast, we would be so grateful. That is the best way to help other special needs parents find this podcast to give them hope and encouragement on this journey as they raise their children with special needs. So we would be so grateful if you would take a minute and do that. I always love meeting new parents and hearing about their life as a special needs family. You know, it's so great to learn from other families as we hear their stories. And today, I get to introduce you to one of those moms and one of those families, and Today, you're going to meet Kara Jaycox. Now, Kara lives in Fort Worth with her husband and three boys, and her oldest son, Everett, has Down syndrome. She's also a professor, and she shares about her life on her blog, MomAbility. We had a great conversation about faith and life as a busy mom and wife, and I know that you're going to love getting to learn more about Kara and her beautiful family in today's episode. Kara, thank you so much for joining me today for the Rising Above podcast. I'm, I'm so excited. This is the first time that we've ever talked and ever met. And so I'm excited to learn more about you and your family and hear your story. So thank you so much for being here today. You are welcome. I'm honored to be
1: here. Thank you for asking me.
0: So like I said, this is our first time to ever meet. So I want to know a little about your family. I'd spent some time on your website and saw all your <laughs> cute pictures of your boys, but Aww. fill us in a little bit about your family and where you live and what you guys do.
1: Uh, so we are in Texas. We're in the Dallas, Fort Worth area, the North Texas region. I grew up here. Um, my husband is actually Panamanian. He did not grow up here. He grew up in Panama. Um, but during the invasion ended up here, uh, attending Texas Christian university TCU and just stayed here and loved it here. And, uh, we met later in life, both in our, our thirties, um, and just hit it off and got married and started a family. Um, sounds like it was a real easy pathway for us, but it actually wasn't, we struggled, uh, to conceive. Um, so we kind of went through a lot in that area, but when we finally did, we, um, found out I was pregnant with my oldest Everett and we were just so excited. And then we found out that he was a boy and we were just especially excited. We have a lot of girls in our family. He was actually the first, uh, grandson on, um, for my parents, my parents. Um, and I think also for, um, his parents as well, his mom. So we were very excited. Um, and then Everett was born and diagnosed with Down syndrome. And that was a big surprise to us. Um, and then we uh, decided we loved being parents so much. We, we just, Everett he kind of tricked us. He was a very good baby. Everett is our oldest. Yeah. <laughs> he was a really, really good baby. And so we thought, well, let's, you know, have another, <laughs> it was kind of hard, but you know, we, it, it happened. So surely it'll happen again. And it was, it was difficult again, but we ended up having my second, our second child, Liam, who is just the cutest, funnest little kid ever. Um, and we thought we were done. We've got our two boys. We are, just excited about that. And then surprise, um, very very much later in life, oh, I was wow. 40, um, found out I was pregnant with our third Alec, and he is just a fiery little boy. But we love all three of them. Um, definitely a boy mom. Um, we will and he, my husband Victor, is a boy dad. We just love them to pieces. But our journey has been, I think, a really interesting one in the sense that uh we did struggle to have kiddos, but we eventually did. Um, all of them boys. I think it is pretty rare to have mm. the same gender across all three kids. Um, and our oldest having Down syndrome is pretty rare. Typically yeah. when people have a child with Down syndrome, it's second, third, fourth, right. child, right. not your first child. Right. Um, so we've got a unique little family and we we love it. <laughs> we love the uniqueness. <laughs> well, I, I, like I said,
0: I spent some time on your, your blog site, your website and it's momability, right? Yeah, Momability. Yeah. And yep. you know, just seeing all the cute photos of your kids and reading some of your writings. And, and so you like to write about your life. So what are, what are some of the things that you like to share about there on momability?
1: Well, I'm glad you brought up my blog because that is sort of my, my muse. Um, I, I enjoy, it's, it's a, something I do for fun. I I thoroughly enjoy the, the writing and the photography, all of it. Um, but I actually started that website back in 2016. I just felt, I just felt called and convicted Mm -hmm. at a certain point, um, to share our story about Everett's Down syndrome diagnosis and what it was like raising a little boy with Down syndrome. Um, because it is different. We have two you know, neurotypical children now, and you know, there are some added layers to raising a kiddo with, um, a disability right. uh, or special needs. And so that's what, it was almost cathartic. I started up the blog to inform people, provide resources. Here's what I've learned. Here's how I can help you. There was very much a faith journey to, um, in learning about Everett's diagnosis and growing with him, mm-hmm. um, as we began to see life through the eyes of a, a person with down syndrome. Um, and that's what the blog started out as, and it's still that there's still some touches of down mm-hmm. syndrome and faith and, um, and, recipes, I saw recipes, recipes and all that and stuff. pictures of your boys and <laughs> yeah. yeah. But actually just in the past week revamped it a little bit because, you know, in those early days, it just felt like down syndrome was, was just in my face. It, right. it's all I can think about is the all forefront I, of everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And now that life has just evolved and we've all grown and Everett's almost eight years old now. It's just a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. It's just our normal. And right. so now I just kind of share stuff about recipes and fun places to travel. And I'm hoping along the way, people are picking up that, you know, you can live the life that you thought you were going to live. Mm-hmm. Um, while raising a child with special needs, while raising a child with Down syndrome, that it does it does turn into this eventually. And I don't think that I'm unique in that regard. I think a lot of parents end up in this place yeah. um, at a certain point. It may just be a different point for yeah. every parent, right? Right.
0: Well, and it was interesting when I was reading kind of your story on your website, there's so many things that, were, that you said that were so similar to the same things that my late husband and I said, you know, about our life, you know, we, we had our plans of what we thought our life was going to look like when we got married and, you know, having the perfect little family and living in the suburbs and, you know, all these things that we thought our life was going to look like, but God had other plans for us just like he did for you. So when you were growing up looking at your life, what did you think your life was going to look like?
1: Oh gosh, that's a really interesting question. I don't think that I ever, as a child, or even a young adult envisioned myself getting married and having three kids someday. Mm. I just, I had friends who played bride and played wedding. And yes. <laughs> I played career. Okay. I played, I played work and I played yeah. school and that's what I did in my young adulthood as I went to school and I got educated and my plan was to be a tenured professor at a certain mm-hmm. point. And um, at the end of my PhD journey, uh, is when I we found out I was expecting Everett and then he was born and diagnosed and that slowed down the process mm-hmm. pretty dramatically. And then I realized I need to maybe reshape my academic career goals. Um, but just backing up a little bit, I didn't ever really see myself getting married and being the married person with kids. I was just going to be single career girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it all kind of started with meeting my husband and getting engaged and I don't know all of a sudden I did have the bride gene all of a sudden I did Like what okay I did. this is okay
0: yeah <laughs> yes.
1: yeah yeah so it's definitely one of those things where um God revealed those things to me in a very interesting way Yes.
0: We never we just never know. We just never know what God's what he's got in store you know. So I know that you you didn't know about Everett's diagnosis when you were pregnant with him, right? You you found no. out at birth. Um so tell us about when Everett was born and what was that like and share how you reacted when you heard the news.
1: So that's an interesting story. Um, we conceived Everett in 2012 and back then the genetic testing, I think was a little bit different than it is now. Um, and I distinctly remember a conversation between me and my doctor where she asked if we wanted to do early genetic testing. And at the time, the very accurate form of testing was not covered by insurance and it was pretty expensive. So we talked about it. She gave me all of the options, all of the information we decided uh, we wanted to do the version of genetic testing that was covered by insurance because we just wanted to know we wanted to be able to plan and prepare. Um, and my doctor specifically asked me that she said, why do you, why do you even want to do it? And looking back, I didn't think a whole lot about why she asked that question, but when I found out he did have down syndrome, it all kind of dawned on me. That's why she asked that question. Um, but we went ahead and did that um, uh, not quite as accurate form of genetic testing, and the results came back low risk, extremely low risk. He, you know, one in 800 odds that he will have Down syndrome. So we just kind of, you know, okay, you know that's you know Down syndrome is pretty rare. It's the most common genetic anomaly, but it's still rare. So we just kind of ruled it out emotionally and you know, that's that. And then when he was born, um, he had markers for Down syndrome that were pretty obvious at birth. I remember when I saw him for the first time, I looked at his eyes and I thought there's something different about mm. his eyes. Um, but my husband is of mixed race background. Um, he's very multicultural. He has a very multicultural background. So we weren't sure if it was some, uh, you know, race or ethnic right. feature. And so there were just a lot of questions. Um, but eventually my doctor said, uh, and it got really quiet. I mm. remember, um, Eventually, my doctor said, you know, we think he has Down syndrome. He's got some markers. I've been wrong about this before, but we think he does. And so I want to get testing um, started for him right now because that can be a long process. And I don't want it to be a long process for Mm -hmm. you. I don't want you to have to wait on those results for a long time. So she really expedited the testing process for us. Um, And I think the results came back within a week and they were positive. But there were there really were no. Indicators from my side of things, in terms of how I was perceiving things, that he did not have Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Everybody was assuming he had Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Everybody was talking about him as though he had Down syndrome. And I remember that being strange for me because I remember thinking, we don't know yet. And right. I just, I wasn't in denial. I just wanted to wait and, yeah. and find out. But and that week
0: had to have been so hard of just you that know, waiting and, and what's, what is the, what the, what are the results going to be?
1: Yeah, it was. But the, the really odd thing is, and it's not odd, it, it's, it's God intervening um, is it gave me some time to think about it, especially after I left the hospital. Cause there's mm-hmm. just so much going on in the hospital after you have a baby, especially right. a baby with a diagnosis. Um, but it gave me some time to think about it and pray about it and really lean heavy into my faith and into prayer. And I remember when the geneticist called us to tell us that he did have Down syndrome because that was the news. I knew that's what she was going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not at all rocked by it. I had uh-huh. had time. Yeah. i had time. And God just, he just took over. And I pray, and that's what I prayed. I said, just take yeah. over, give me peace about this. Mm-hmm. And so when she delivered the news, I was just like, you know, that's that. Let's, yeah. let's, what are, so role now. Yeah. What are we going to do? And how right. are we going to do it? And let's get him on the list at Kinder Frogs. And <laughs> what are all the therapies he's going to get? And ended up meeting just an incredible group of people in the process. His therapist, I have yet to interact with a therapist that I didn't become my personal mom coach and best yeah. friend. Yeah. Same <laughs> um, here. Yeah. And then he ended up going to a, a private school at TCU called Kinder Frogs. It's a lab school for kids with Down syndrome, but it's integrated with siblings who are typically developing and TCU community kiddos who are typically mm-hmm. developing. And it's just a great preparatory school to get kids with Down syndrome ready for mainstream public school education. Um so he did great there. And now he's in the first grade. Wow. Um, I oh. know in elementary school. So it's been quite the faith journey with him though. I remember praying very early on. What is the best school for Everett, you know, beyond Kinder Frogs. we know Kinder Frogs is step one, but beyond that level, what is the best school mm-hmm. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and lo and behold, our local school right here around the block from us is just an incredible little school for him. He loves his teachers. He loves his friends. He's in his, he gets um, stuff in the gen ed class. He gets services from his therapists. He gets services in the rise classroom, which is where all of his special education takes place. He's surrounded by all different kinds of kids every day. And it's just great. We love it.
0: And so God was providing for you and showing the whole
1: time, the whole time I kept thinking, well, where are we going to move? And then finally my husband and I were like, why would we, This is perfect. This is where we need to be. That
0: is so great. And I I love how God does that. And 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 I think it's we get so distracted by the therapies and the all the things we have to do that we so often miss. How he's already got the answer right there laid out for us. If we'll just open our eyes and and seek and and allow him to show us. And so that's That's so true. Right there in your neighborhood. Well, on your site, you say there's care before Everett was born and diagnosed and there's Kara now and the new Kara is the author of this blog. So I could say the same thing about me. It's like, you know, there's the, there's the Becky before John Alex, who I jokingly say most people really wouldn't like because (laughs) I was self absorbed and selfish and, you know, and then John Alex comes around and totally changes it. So how has your sweet Everett changed you?
1: Wow. So I, I, I mean, it was that moment. I feel like in the delivery room, there was just a line drawn in the sand that day. Mm -hmm. And there's Kara who's in labor about to have a baby and that there's that Kara. And then I feel like Everett's birth was also a birth for me. Mm. Uh, There's the Kara after Mm -hmm. he was born. And it was just a pretty instant change. Um, I mean, there were a lot of changes that first year, I think that took place within me and about me. Um, And I think that change happens to pretty much everybody. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, how much do you lean into your faith throughout that change? I think that's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but that first year was really hard for me. I was definitely the Phoenix, you know, re rising from the ashes and changing (laughs) into a different person. And that's painful when you change like that, that can be a really painful Mm -hmm. process. And it was, and I think everybody does different things. Um, Some people reach out and join communities instantly. They want to get connected. They want to find out those resources. I'm more of an introvert and I kind of retreated that first Mm -hmm. year and just dove into his therapies and dove into all the research. I'm also a research person, Mm -hmm. just really, you know, dove into that research to figure out what to do with him. Um, And that's partly because I'm an introvert, but it's also partly because when I would share information about Everett with other people, they would react so harshly it was hurtful. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of started backing away from my friends, protecting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Who didn't have a child with special needs and would say things that were hurtful and they never meant to be hurtful. Um, everything was well-intended I think, but you're just in a different place and you're, you're evolving and growing and you've got to give yourself some grace and do what you need to do to become that person that you are now destined to become that God has called you to be. Um, so. Everything's
0: so raw and, and real and vulnerable in those early, those early oh, days are just remember you saying that so many things that were so hurtful that were not intentional, no, not intentional, yeah. but boy, because of where I was, everything just like was a, was a sucker punch. It felt like sometimes. Yep.
1: And I probably said those things to other people prior Thank to you. having Everett. Um, so it's just this constant exercise in grace. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yes. Grace upon grace upon grace. And yeah. Yeah. So those early days are I remember them well and how challenging they are. But then to know that boy, that that part does progress and get easier in time of how we handle the different things that come our way and our kids' way. And you know, you you write a lot about faith. On your site, and you and I both grew up kind of similar with similar faith stories. In that um, we thought that you know what, if we do the right thing, if we do if we if we stay on the path, if we do what's right, then everything's going to go right, you know. And, and if you do the things that you're supposed to do, then you know, yeah, of course you're going to have perfect kids and your life's going to go great. And but that's not the reality, and that's not our story. And that's not your story, so you know how was your faith impacted when your son is born? You're not you didn't know beforehand, was your faith shaken? Did it grow deeper? Was it shaken for a time and then grew deeper?
1: But what what did that look like for you? That's a really interesting question because I'm involved in a lot of moms' groups and I've seen that particular scenario play out differently for a lot of different moms. Some moms. It, their parents in general, um, you know, getting that diagnosis sort of turns them away from their faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, some moms struggle with it. They vacillate between, you know, why did this happen to me? Why me versus, you know, um, God has called me to do this. They struggle with that dynamic. Um, but I don't know, I guess those those intense prayers that week, and probably there were prayers being prayed about me that mm-hmm. I don't even sure. know about um, just led me to a place of peace in that first week Mm -hmm. where, um, I don't know. I just, I leaned heavily. I I just felt like if this is what God has called me to do Mm -hmm. and who am I to question God, I'm not here to question him and he's called me to do this and he'll carry me through it. Mm -hmm. And there were times when, you know, it was a struggle and it was hard, but I remember the story in the Bible about, um, Jesus healing the blind man. Mm -hmm. Um, and somebody mentioned, uh, in that story that, um, the parents of that man had done something Mm -hmm. and that's why, um, he was born blind. And Jesus said, no, he was born blind. Um, so that we could all eventually see, um, he was, he was called to be this way so that we could all learn from him and learn from this moment. Um, and I really, um, Tapped into that story a lot. There's actually a lot of stories about disability in the Bible, especially the New Testament, mm-hmm. um, that I I relied heavily on. And I also I think I've always enjoyed the story of Paul and Saul um, and his transition. And I just really related to that story a lot um, throughout my faith journey with Everett and his diagnosis. You know, there was Paul, there was Saul, and then there was Paul. That's right. Um, and so. I, and it's I a choice.
0: That. It's a choice whether we're going to, whether we're going to allow it to make us bitter and angry or whether we're going to allow it to um, grow, make our faith grow deeper and stronger. Right. And
1: he um, went from persecuting to being persecuted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know that I persecuted people. Um, myself, but you do have to grow some pretty thick skin. I think as a parent of a child with a disability, people say things, the world responds to disability harshly. Um, I'm in academia and I'll go and tell you, it's one of the most unwelcoming environments for people with disabilities mm. ever. I am very lucky to be at a university where that is not the case. It is actually a welcomed thing. It's a welcome topic for research. I know that there's a movement at the university to develop Um, some therapy services. Uh, So it's, it's a great place to be, but higher ed is all about that ivory tower and and being intellectual and, you know, a high level of intelligence and people grossly misunderstand intellectual Mm -hmm. disability specifically. And there's just a lot of harsh reactions Mm -hmm. in my world, especially when students have accommodations, I always accommodate my students. You come tell me, I will accommodate you. You actually have to tell me most of my stuff in my classroom is going to accommodate any type of learning need that you Mm -hmm. have. Um, But there's a lot of conversation behind the scenes about how uh, professors are resentful of the accommodation process. And it's always hurtful to me a little bit because my kid gets accommodations. Yeah,
0: you live it. I live
1: that world. I ask for accommodations all the time. Yes.
0: Wow. And so you're getting, you're getting to make a difference even on your college campus there and helping, helping those students who maybe need that extra help, but ha- are, you know, are not able to get it elsewhere. So
1: I try, I definitely try. <laughs> well, I
0: read a post last night uh, about your son's um, baby dedication at your church Aww, that and was it was sweet so thing. sweet and, and, you know, and, and I think so oh, often gosh. that was a long time ago. I know. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so sweet. And, but you know, I think so often um, people look at our kids who have disabilities and they think, well, if they've got an intellectual disability, they're not going to understand things of God. They're not going to understand spiritual things. Uh, and that could not be farther from the truth.
1: It's very false. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how have you seen Everett grow in his faith? And what what does he teach you? How does he impact others? I know my son everywhere he goes, you know he's impacting people without ever saying a word. And I'm sure your son, in his own way, is doing the same thing. So how have you seen him impact the people in your church, the people um, in your family, in spiritual ways?
1: So that's an that's a really interesting question. We attend a church uh, these days that we've been members I think for the last six years. That is um, filled with quite a few parents of kiddos with special needs. Um, and, and so that's always a comfort to attend a congregation where there's there seems to be an understanding across the congregation about parents of kids with special needs and the kids themselves. Um, there ever Kindergarten, we have, so we have not actually been to church in about a year because of the pandemic. We've been very nervous. (laughs) We've been very nervous about Everett getting um, COVID specifically because he does not fight off the things the same way the rest of us tend to. Um, But when he was there, he was in a kindergarten class and he had a teacher who right before the pandemic Uh, came to me and said, we are not sure how to include Everett in the kindergarten Bible class. Can I please come to his, do you think his school would let me come and observe him uh, and see what he's doing in his classes and see what they're doing with him so that we could do some of those things in our Bible class? And I was just, wow. I I was just blown away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, of course, let me ask. I don't know if they'll allow that. Um, but let me ask, I don't see why they wouldn't, they allow visitors all the time. And then literally days later, nobody was going to school. Mm -hmm. Everybody was doing virtual learning. And so, but that, that just really touched me and they have all kinds of services for our, our kiddos at our church. Um, and, and we love that. Um, so I don't know that he changes a lot of people at our congregation specifically and changes their hearts because I think most of the hearts there are conditioned Mm -hmm. to, Uh, working with and including our friends with, and our members with special needs. Um, But I see him change the hearts of people in general, all, all the time outside of our, Mm -hmm. our congregation. Um, People who are normally a little hard hearted will interact with him and they just, they just sort of melt or people who have a tough exterior, just sort of melt around him because he really does have the best hugs and he, he just, he melts into you and he kind of picks and chooses who to, to hug and sidle up to. And when he does, I can just see the guard drop instantly mm. because, you know, it's Everett. Um, yeah. so just in his day-to-day life, I think he teaches people to be yeah. accepting and be inclusive. And, um, you know, you can do certain things, even though you have a disability yeah. or down syndrome or something else. Um, he changes perceptions of that a lot. Well, you you say on your on your
0: uh, site that you frequently joke that everyone needs a pair of Everett glasses. Yeah. So, what does that look like? What 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 would what would people see if they had a pair of Everett
1: glasses? Oh goodness, I earned mine the day he was born. Um, it's just this interesting dynamic where you have this ideal, like we talked about earlier, of perfection. You know, I've lived my life this way, and so my life is going to be this way. Um, and you expect others to be perfect. And then you have this child who people perceive to be as imperfect. He's And he is different. I think he's perfect, <laughs> but he's different. He doesn't fit that perfection mold that a lot of people have, including myself. Um, and so I learned early on through my Everett glasses that n- nobody is perfect. This idea of perfection is um, it's futile. Mm -hmm. it's never going to be achieved by anybody. And I shouldn't expect it from myself and I shouldn't expect it from others Mm -hmm. uh, because it's this really interesting thing where people ask you strange questions. They say strange things about your child with a disability and you want to snap back at them. But at the same time, you know, I expect people to show grace to my child. So I need to show grace to you as you ask questions. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it, it really, it, it's, it's a beautiful world. Everglasses, everybody should have a pair because once you, once you let go of those ideals related to perfection and just strive to be the best you can be as God has called you to be, it's so, it's so freeing. It's so, it's liberating.
0: It really is. Our kids are just, so I, I love, um, just thinking about how pure and innocent And they are not distracted by the things of this world or, or concerned about what's going on. You know, my son has no clue about all the craziness that's going on in the world. He is happy, he's content, and he knows he's cared for. And I think that's how God wants us to, to, to see him as our father of going, you look, I've got you, you're good. You don't have to worry about all these things. And so our kids just teach us so, so much. You know, I often talk about that, that John Alex has been my biggest teacher,
1: in Absolutely, the world. What are some of the things that Everett's taught you? Oh, Professor Everett has taught me so much. Um, I, I would say the big thing is just to let go of that, uh, that perfection, those standards of perfection that you have envisioned. Those are not necessarily the standards that God has envisioned for you. Those are things that you have envisioned. Let go of those things and let God show you who you are and what you were meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what we do with Everett every day. We just kind of, we do our best to give him the resources that he needs to be the best version of himself. But ultimately we sit back and let him show us what he can do mm-hmm. and who he is. We don't have a choice Everett is who he is. Right. <laughs> he, to, he doesn't necessarily want anyone telling him who to be or what to do. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of forced us to to be that way with all of our kids, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And I think if everybody had a pair of Everett glasses and just sat back and dropped the standards of perfection and let their kids do what they're going to do and be who they're going to be, but at the same time direct them and mold them and give them the spiritual tools they mm-hmm. need to be the best versions of themselves. Um, I think it, I think it would be a pretty positive effect for everybody.
0: Yeah. I think We all need, we all need those glasses to help us see the world uh, with, with God, this, through the way God wants us to see things. I think yeah. is, is how we really need to to view things. Now you are a busy mom. You've got three boys, yeah. you got a husband, yeah. you work as a professor. Um, yeah. So you're, you're pretty busy. And, and I did a podcast uh, a couple of, I guess last month with my friends, Dawn and Lori, where we talked about managing the chaos Oof. of this Oof. life. So what are some of your tricks. What are some of the things that you do in your world? What are some practical things that you do to help manage the chaos in your life?
1: I am all about practical shortcuts. And I think rising above posted something in their stories about this a couple of weeks ago. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I think the big thing is, and I saw several responses like this, is having a calendar in place that allows you and your spouse to stay on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I, um, share, you know, a digital calendar, um, through our, through Gmail Mm -hmm. and I think Outlook both actually. Um, and we invite each other to everything, knowing, and we've now learned that there's discretion involved. And of course I'm not invited to a work meeting at (laughs) his work with him and he's not invited to a faculty meeting with me at my work, but we put those things in the calendar and invite one another so that we know, that, um, something's coming up and mm-hmm. I need to help out with childcare. I need to help out with pickup and drop off at school. Um, you know, that's a day that I need to make sure I'm doing office hours from home or I'm working from home or he's working from home in a particular afternoon or these days, it's mostly zoom meetings for me yes. that he's that's here, you know, right. helping with the children in the background so I can have quiet time during my faculty meeting. Um, the same thing with doctor's appointments and therapies though, too, that's really where it started is Everett had so many therapies in the beginning we had to divide and conquer. Um, I remember at one point I was just, I was losing it because I was in charge of all the therapies. And finally he, my husband said, Hey, I'll take over speech therapy. I'll take speech. Wow, if you that's handle these two, I'll take speech. And I should have just asked him. He, I mean, would have definitely helped out some, I'm just bad at asking for mm-hmm. help, which is not a I need to work on that as a special needs parent because you need a lot of help. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but being on the same page, um, helps a lot. I think also having conversations where you are very specific about who does what during those uh, really chaotic moments in the day, like getting everybody to school and picking everybody up. Mm -hmm. Those seem to be kind of chaotic moments for us. Uh, and then bedtime gets kind of crazy as well with baths and, you know, getting ready for the next day. So we outlined really specific things and we've had specific conversations about who does what in the morning, who does what in the afternoon at pickup, who does what in the evening at bedtime. And we divide and conquer the responsibilities accordingly. And we've just got a little system that works for us. I actually learned that from another special needs mom that I follow on social media. I was like, Mm. that's really smart. And we sat down and did it and it has worked out well. That
0: communication, yeah, so that, that you you're communicating and not, then you're not getting frustrated as easily. <laughs>
1: there's, there's always the
0: frustrations, but then you've at least had the communication
1: absolutely. So. so calendaring communication with people with your caregivers your um because you know I'm very Victor, my husband is an excellent spouse and he's very supportive, but there are single moms out there who don't have a spouse to lean on, so yeah, right.
0: Yeah. So I get that. I, <laughs> I get that life. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. So having a system in place and mm-hmm. staying organized
1: is important.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a calendar for my caregivers. So, you know, I have to calendar out who's going to be there and what we're going to do. And so that works, um, works all around. So, um, you yeah. know, I know that there is probably a mom listening right now who has either just gotten a diagnosis or is maybe expecting and, has heard the news that her baby is going to be born with Down syndrome and they're struggling and may be wondering, um, how's this going to look? What's this going to look like? How am I going to handle that? What would you, as a mom who is eight years down the path, what would you say to that mom who may be struggling and wondering how she's going to do all this?
1: I would say that your life is going to be beautiful. You have so much to look forward to. God has chosen you he has blessed you with this child. Um, I, I really do feel like, um, we special needs parents are, and people say this a lot and it's kind of cliche, you know, um, I can't remember the phrase that people use, but I do feel like God has, has picked us. He chose us. I'll never know why. Um, maybe one day, (laughs)
0: um,
1: but you've been chosen for this beautiful journey and, um, God chose you and he'll carry you Mm -hmm. lean on him. He will carry you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Say, don't be afraid to say bold prayers, uh, specific prayers, not just, you know, please let everything be okay, but learn new things, pray specifically, uh, for your child's health, uh, for their milestones, for your own mental health Mm -hmm. and your milestones. Don't forget about yourself. Um, but the world wants to tell you that this is a bad thing and that this is a scary, awful, horrible thing. And in fact, it is not, Mm. it is just not, um, You, you will, you will grow into this and it will be your normal and you will love it. And you will, there will come a point where where you cherish the growth that you've seen with your child and yourself, and you will cherish the stories and you will feel blessed to have the experiences that you've had, um, to have met the people that you have met. You've got a, a big, beautiful journey ahead of you. I think somebody said that to me. I'm an, an, a more tenured mom. I don't like to say old. I'm more tenured. Mom. Seasoned. I go with seasoned. <laughs> I'm a seasoned, seasoned mom. You know, I've been doing this a long time. So yeah. She said, Welcome to your beautiful journey. Mm. Enjoy your
0: baby. Mm. And it's all about perception. It's all about how you choose to view um this this life that you've been given. Are you going to choose to only focus on the hard and the bad? And yes, those there there are hard days. There is. There, there will be with any child that you have. And so um, I think when we can change, flip that perspective and and choose to be thankful and choose to see every milestone that is met or every new um, skill that is reached as you know a joyful thing and give gratitude and thanks for that, then we are able to make it more successfully on this parenting of children with special needs journey. So I completely agree. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. And and I know our listeners are going to want to find you. So tell us, I know you you've got your momability. So is it mommability.com? Is that yes? Okay, mommability.com. And mm-hmm. then you're pretty big on Instagram too. So share about that and how people can find you on Instagram. If you want to find me fast,
1: it's usually on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Um so my IG account is at momability blog. So M-A-M-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y blog. Um and give me a follow, send me questions. I, I connected with a new parent just yesterday and it really is something that I enjoy doing, answering questions and finding resources and connecting new parents with resources. So um, important. But I also just like fun photos and funny memes and stuff like that too. So That's I just right. like to have well, fun can, with it all. <laughs>
0: people can go see your your cute kiddos and um, see some of the fun things you you all are up to. So be sure to go and check that out. And we'll be sure to include all that in the show notes. So people oh, can, thank you. can find your link. So thank you so much. And oh, I can't wait for us to have another conversation sometime soon. That sounds great. Thank you, Becky.
1: Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.